Welcome to our second episode about Bronx Masquerade. I'm Abby. And I'm Hallie. And today we'll be discussing what has occurred in the story so far since we last left off. And the characters now. As well as how the dialogue has impacted the story so far. We hope you enjoy. So to start us off, we're going to discuss what happened in the story so far since our last podcast episode. We heard from a few new characters within the parts we recently read and also learned a good bit about some of the characters we had heard from already. So we're also going to talk about what we think about the characters now compared to what we thought before and what we think of the new characters. Newly introduced characters include Sterling, Amy, Sheila, and Steve. We also got new poems from some of the previously introduced characters, too. This added a bunch of new information about all of the characters. One of the new characters, Sterling, has a very strong belief in God and loves to play the guitar, but knows that he isn't a saint. Another new character was Amy, who is afraid to let others close out of fear of being hurt again by somebody after her mom died and her dad starts to resent her. We were also introduced to Sheila, who wants to change her name because she doesn't think it fits her. She wants to have a name with more culture, but none of the other girls understand this. The last person we were introduced to was Steve, who wants to be a set designer on Broadway, but many, but may not be able to do that since his family is moving, but he refuses to let that stand in his way. So, we're going to start by discussing what we think about Sterling S. Hughes. Um, he seems very devoted in his faith, but he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily see himself as like a saint, I think, you know? He practices what he preaches. He's very kind, very modest, and... But, again, he doesn't think very highly on himself. He just thinks, I'm a normal person, you know? Yeah, and he just has his, like, belief in God super-duper strong. And that's, like, the one thing that he holds dear to him. Yeah, that's, like, the kind of his anchor in life. Is that he knows that God's there watching him. And I think um, Tyrone's perspective on him is very interesting because um, he says, of course, if Mr. Goody Two-Shoes ain't no angel, what does that make me? Um, I think that's very interesting because it provides like a perspective of, oh, Sterling is actually a good person. He's just very modest. Yeah, he is. So next, we're going to talk about Deandra, and this is her second part in the book. We've seen her earlier on, and um, from what we know, she's really tall. People expect her to be great at sports, but she is not. She loves art. Um, 
However, based on what we see now in this little segment that she has and what we recently read, she's starting to gain more confidence in her art. And I feel like this is partially due to um, Rawl, who sort of was like, oh, I like the eyes of your drawing. You know, it's so good and pretty. And this sort of gave her the confidence that she needed to actually bring more of her um, art stuff to school and be sitting there doing it out in the open instead of trying to hide it. Yeah, it really shows how one person complimenting something can give someone so much confidence and how this poetry is impacting everyone. And... um. Yeah, it's just, it's nice to see her kind of come out of her shell. Yeah. And then she wrote um, a poem. And I think it's also interesting that Tyrone takes notice of her sort of change because he, like, asks her if she's okay with um, them doing it next year as well. And she's... um, like fine with it she's like yeah let's do it and so I feel like it's this whole poetry thing is forcing her to break out of her shell and actually do what she wants to do yeah and it's um it's just really nice it's nice to see someone kind of like we're saying break out of their shell now we're going to talk about Amy Moskowitz who is a girl who's afraid to let people in. Yeah, and um, this is due to the death of her mother. And her dad is, um, I feel like he was very hurt by that and felt that they needed to be tougher. And he now kind of, it comes from a good place what he does. but Yeah, I feel like it's not executed the correct way like he's trying to be loving in just like a hard way to make sure that she doesn't get hurt like that again yeah but at the same time he doesn't really take into account that she needs love you know that yeah i feel like seems like he just has stopped loving i feel like he doesn't understand that this is sort of making her separate from people you know, like, she's too afraid yeah. to get close to someone. And like she says in her poem, she just wants to turn to stone so she doesn't have to worry about feeling that sort of stuff. Yeah, so she can just be stoned and be strong, too. Yeah. Um, Tyrone's take on it, as per usual, was very interesting. Um, oh, yeah. Um, he, he, he was quoting from him. He said, man, that girl is as cold, cold as snow on the ground. Somebody must have put a hurting on her. But and, um, I think, I think it's interesting that later in his little, um, talk about what she wrote in her poem, he sort of shares an understanding with her because of how his father was killed. Yeah. That's, um. Yeah, I think Tyrone, he seems kind of insensitive sometimes. How he doesn't, he's like, oh man, that was harsh. But at the same time, I feel like he does, when he has something to relate to, he 
sees he can see uh, the other person's perspective better yeah he's more understanding okay so now we're on sheila gambroni and she is italian and her family is kind of um i don't know they don't really think about many other cultures than themselves and yeah well, Amy and she like, sticks out from her family a lot yeah, because she, she'd like to work with more, um, like, racial um, equality, and um, yeah. that would be a profession that she would prefer. But She's also, the... she would like to have a more cultural name, so Which... she, she, quoting from her in the book, she says, I prefer Natalina, my Africana name. Which is, I feel like it's sort of just because of, it's because of the, like, environment that she ends, she's in. Like, first of all, her parents don't understand. Second of all, she's in a school that's mostly um, African Americans, which they perceive her wanting to do this as be her kind of kissing up to them. Yeah. Which so they don't understand her because they're like, why would she want to be like black? You know, it's just yeah. Which in actuality, that's like not necessarily what it is. She just doesn't feel like she has enough like substance to her name. I think like it doesn't yeah. mean anything to her. Yeah, and then she gets she gets some pretty um like uh, disapproving looks from. Yeah. Some of the other kids in her class. But, and I feel like after she explains it, you know, because she explains it to her teacher and is like, can you please call me that? I feel like he sort of understands that this isn't something that she's just going to change the next day or whatever. She really does want to have more a meaning to her name. Yeah, because it's just something that she finds is, like, a beautiful thing, and I don't, and, um, and it's nice that the teacher understands, understands her, um, and then Tyrone, he, um, I've, Tyrone is, absolutely crazy. Tyrone doesn't understand her, um, point of this at all. You know, like, she, he thinks she's crazy yeah, for wanting I mean, to change your name. And he doesn't, I don't think he understands that she comes from a family who doesn't under, like, want to be associated with racial diversity. Yeah. You know, like, they're very closed about it. He just thinks that, like, all white people were living a happy life. <laughs> Yeah, living the American dream when, yeah, it's, um, So now we're going to discuss Steve Erickson, who wants to work as a set designer for Broadway. Yeah, and this kind of comes from he loves art and he feels like he was born in New York for a reason. And it's just, like, this really big dream that he's had. He makes these little sets out of, like, cardboard mini sets. and Yeah. Um, but yeah. I feel like, you know, it's kind of hard to make it as that. And I feel like his parents understand that. And there's also the problem of him moving. 
Like, yeah, because his family wants to move because his mom doesn't want to work with the public schools anymore. Yeah. And his dad got a new job in Yorktown. So they're moving and he's really upset about this because there's a much like lower chance of him getting on Broadway. Yeah. If he, uh, or designing sets for Broadway. But does. I think it's interesting that he sort of refuses to give up on that. Like he's like, even if I have to make the commute all the way to um, where Broadway is to make it there. I'll do it. I'm going to stick with my dream. Nothing can destroy your dreams without you letting them. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting. Um, His friend says, maybe your father's dream wasn't really in his heart. If the dream is in your heart, you'll never lose it. And that really helps him kind of be like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'll be able to get it, you know? Yeah, like, he has... I don't care if people think I'm crazy, what I'm going to do. And Tyrone, of course, has his little part to say about it. He, um... He thinks it's interesting, but... Tyrone also is like, no, you can't be part of my friend group because you're white. But yeah. even though Tyrone's like, he must have grown up around here, you know? Yeah, that's what he says. It's really interesting. Um, now, since we finished discussing about the characters, we're going to ask each other some questions that sort of pertain to the characters. Um... And what we think about them. So, Abby, who is your favorite character in the books so far? I don't know. Um, I like probably still Tyrone because he gives me kind of a laugh. Because his uh, <laughs> he's like he's not funny, but he's um, he has his own sense of humor. Some are sometimes a little not shallow, but they're he doesn't really dig that deep sometimes, and it's just kind of funny. Yeah, um, I think like within the part that we just recently read, I feel like Sheila's probably the most relatable for me, maybe, or maybe mm-hmm. possibly Steve, yeah. probably being um my favorite because I feel like Steve's really set on going after his dream, and even though I don't know what I I want to do necessarily. I want to have a dream that I'm that passionate about. Yeah. So kind of off of that, who do you think you relate to the most? You would probably say Steve. Probably. Yeah. I am. I'm not really sure. A lot of them are um, pretty like cool. I don't know. I um, <laughs> like what they have, but uh, Sheila, one thing is um, how she kind of wants to, I don't know, have a little more depth. Sometimes that's um, a way that I feel. Yeah. That I'd like to have some more depth. But, um, and again, Steve, how he follows his dreams. That's that's a big deal. But again, it's like in my life, it's not like I have anything that goes to the extent of some of these characters. Yeah. I feel like we can relate to them, like, but it's on a very low level since we're not in the same positions as them. I haven't went through any of these situations necessarily that these other kids have went through. 
yeah, I mean, they have, they've experienced things that I feel like no kid should. And I mean, yeah, yeah. And they're also just like growing up in a different place, even if it's not like they've experienced anything bad, they still have a different life. Yeah. And I feel like this is kind of why that some of the characters feel the way they do or, and how they kind of feel different from one another. Yeah. Um, just because of the situ- some of them's the situation they're in. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Has your opinion changed on any of the characters? Um, probably Tyrone, just because we get so much, like, inner monologue sort of from him, if you could call it that, because... Yeah he's talking after every single person and it's like he showed a lot of development since the very beginning like he's he's being a bit more nice and understanding toward his peers yeah I feel like the one thing about Tyrone is that he's been nice since the beginning and you just get this kind of like you get all of this dialogue from him about yeah everyone's kind of his opinion but also i feel like deandra she's the only one in this section that we've um heard about but she has really changed she has Um, but she has gone from like not well from kind of hiding to expressing herself through her art and yeah i think that's really that changes my opinion on her how she's becoming more confident yeah, and although he isn't in this section, I feel like the same goes for Devon because he, you know, wants to be able to read. Yeah, and then he, um, yeah, and I feel like everyone's kind of opening up, including Tyrone. So I feel like almost every character that we get to and you read about, they're opening up in a way. Yeah. So why do you think some of the characters feel the way they do? Well, kind of how we got on it earlier, just because of their situation. Yeah, I feel like it has a lot to do with, like, where they're growing up and how they're growing up, you know. Yeah, and how they were raised and who raised them and their, like, the situation with parents and guardians. Yeah, and I also feel like... It has a thing to do with, like, how they treat each other. How before they started doing this open mic thing, nobody knew much about each other. Like, their true, like, feelings about certain things. But now since they're... Yeah, I feel like if everyone weren't doing the big open mic thing, then um, everything would just... They would kind of laugh at each other if they heard them saying something so deep. Yeah. So they all kind of get more of an understanding of each other. Yeah. So this is sort of going back to what we were discussing earlier, but who would you say you relate to the most? Um, yeah, like I was saying, probably um, Tyrone or um, what's his name? Uh, Steve. Steve. Actually, maybe a little bit too... Um, DeAndra, just because she kind of, yeah, I feel like, I feel like DeAndra would be, um, very 
I feel like I could relate to DeAndre as well because, like, people expect her to be one thing. Like, there's a lot of misconceptions yeah. about – Because you're, like, a straight A all the time, like, <laughs> hundred student. And, um, yeah. And, well, like you sort of – you and me both sort of have to deal with that. It's like if you ever get a B, people are going to think you're falling behind or you've lost your touch or whatever. And I feel like it's the same way with her for people expecting her to be great at basketball. But sometimes people just aren't great at things. Yeah, I mean, I stink at basketball. Maybe because <laughs> I'm short, but I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not the best at it, even though I'm tall. Like, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like she's pretty relatable. It's, um, yeah. Okay. Now we're going to talk about important dialogue that has occurred in the story since we last um, had our podcast. So one piece of dialogue that I think is very important is on page 19 when Raul and Tyrone are talking about money. Raul says that he just wants to paint and it doesn't really like matter to him about money even though he's confident that he will eventually be able to make money and Tyrone thinks that this is crazy that Tyrone is a that like money is such a big thing that it can't just be ignored to follow your passion and and I feel like he it really shows how he kind of he thinks money is the one goal in life yeah, uh, that's kind of what he's reaching for, rather than happiness. And and I feel like it shows that he hasn't found out how he can. He hasn't found a passion that he truly wants to follow enough that money wouldn't matter. Yeah, because you know, whenever people find something they want to follow, even if they can't make any money off of it, it's like you're like you're still gonna do it. Yeah. Whether it's a hobby or a passion. And I feel like maybe Tyrone does think after he says that it's not for money. I yeah. think Tyrone thinks it's a passion or a hobby. I, I feel like he thinks there's a hobby, which is like something you just like to do. A passion, which is something that you want to like. I think he thinks that it's something that you want to keep doing so you can make money off of it. Yeah. Rather than just something that you want to do no matter what, you know. Yeah, well, and I feel like even though Raul is, um, you know, saying that he doesn't care about money, he knows that he can make money off of this eventually. Like, he thinks, and he is that good to where he's like, this is going to be my job. It doesn't matter if I make money off of it now, because I will eventually. Yeah. And it also shows how much of a passion it is that he just doesn't care either. Yeah. So the next piece of dialogue that we're going to talk about is on page 31. And it's when Janelle doesn't judge Devin, Devon, for reading and simply waves politely. This shows that not everybody will hold bias on how you look and what you do. And it leads to Devin deciding that he 
doesn't care if people judge him for what he is or what he does or who he is. Yeah. And, um, yeah, kind of opens his eyes. I feel like this is a very interesting piece because although it's not like there's really any dialogue right there, that sort of interaction just changes so much about how Devin sort of sees himself yeah, and what he can and can't do. Dialogue in a silent way, you know? Yeah, and like even though Janelle has her own little agenda behind that because she she likes Devin, um, it's still an act of kindness that really changes him. Yeah. Because she is just like, hey, you know, you're here. Reading, there's, no there, deal, you know. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. You're allowed That's to be there. kind of a wake-up call to him, too is that people don't really care, and I feel like that's something that all of us yeah. kind of have. To. I feel um, like everybody, whenever they think they're doing something that other people would judge them for, they think that everybody's eyes are on them. Yeah, and I mean, I do that too. It's like, I think that, I'm like, oh man, these people are going to judge me for doing this, and then I get to school or do it, and I'm, and I'm like, oh, well, that's, it's not like anyone's going to judge me for like, what I yeah. read or what I wear, any of that, you know. Yeah, it's like generally people don't pay attention to that stuff. Or if they're they paying attention to themselves and how they look, they're not going to mind what you look like. Yeah, and even if they did, it's not like reading is a bad thing. If people, no. if people who say that, if people tell you like, "Hey, that's not cool," you know don't read and stuff they shouldn't be your friends in the first place i know it's like well you know i like reading and i'm gonna do it so yeah like you shouldn't change your like hobbies yeah The next piece of dialogue that we are going to talk about is on page 71, whenever Janelle talks to Judy Ann about her poem, and Janelle realizes that they are very similar, but Judy Ann kind of shuts her out, you know? Yeah. And I feel like it shows a sort of understanding or similarity between the girls, even if Judy Ann doesn't want to acknowledge it, because... You know, whenever she's about to open up to Janelle, they get interrupted, and it's like Judy Ann shuts right back up. Yeah. Like, she's afraid to share something unless she can get close enough to the person. She's insecure about her insecurity. Yeah. Or she's afraid that if people find out about certain things, they'll, like, judge her yeah and i feel like well both of them what's similar i think is that they both have they're both insecure about their body image and they just don't based to how they look physically and yeah they want to change themselves which is like it's short it's short it's sort of like they have a little connection and even though it's not over something that's like good like you know that everyone well it's not like everyone wants to be insecure 
it's not like someone being like, oh, you're also the captain of a sports team. Yeah. It's more like... Uh, it's like they both share something that's dark for them. And they yeah. don't know, they don't want anyone to know about it, but at the same time, they need somebody to open up to. Yeah. To tell about. And I feel like those two girls could serve as that for each other. Yeah. If and they open my Fridays too for like all of the kids even. Because I feel like a lot of them do have these insecurities that they yeah. wanna. And I feel like that sort of goes back to like what age they're at and where they're they are and what they're expected to like be or look like or behave or you know this is abby and hallie and thanks for listening to our second episode of the Bronx Masquerade podcast. We'll see you in the next episode.